0: For one agent in EXP for a number of transactions and she's my absolute idol. Um, we met her about three years ago uh, or two and a half years ago in, at the Shareholder Summit and just blown away at um, what an amazing leader she, she is and an amazing contributor to the community and to us at EXP. Thank you, Veronica, for being here.
1: It's an honor. It's an honor. Thank you. And thank you for those of you who stuck around while I was having some challenges getting on. But, you know, technology can be our dear friend and then sometimes it could also add some challenges. But I hope that in our time together, we can we can share awesome moments and also hopefully we can bring value.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Veronica. So for those of you who don't know Veronica, Veronica, can you give us a little bit of about uh, who you are, how you started in real estate?
1: absolutely so guys thanks so much for being here um, my name is veronica figueroa um, i've been in real estate for uh, quite some time now i want to say um i feel like i'm kind of like uh, a vet in the business i would say um been licensed since 2001 um i got my license actually the day after 9 11 which was always interesting to reflect back on that I remember what it felt like and said, that's it, I got my license, but I'm not gonna do absolutely anything with it because the world is coming to an end. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I was young, I was, I think, probably 21 years old, 20 or 21. And um, you know, it was uncertain times, right? Like we've lived, you know, a, a number of times in our in our lives, but it was scary. Um, so I pursued a career in human resources, which is what my passion was at the time what I had graduated from college for and what I was working in. i got a little taste in human resources and was really, um, excited about, um, you know, everything. I would say employee development, orientation, onboarding, learned everything from benefits and, um, that real estate license that I got was just for kind of like just to keep a a friend company doing it, went to school right out of college. And I was like, "Eh, if I ever use it, it'll be great. It'll be for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, life changed. And in 2004, I made some life-changing decisions. Um, and you know, I went through a divorce and, um, I had had a little bit of, of, a taste of what real estate was through the timeshare industry i saw some of the you know really successful people that were working in timeshare i'm in orlando so we're like the timeshare capital of the world i would think right And I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think that I had the skill sets that some of these top really successful, I would say, salespeople had. So I was kind of like behind the scenes. But in 2004, when my life changed, I had to make a decision if I was going to use my license that I had had on that shelf, you know. Um, if I was going to dust it off and say, maybe I'll just do this part-time to supplement my income because I was now a single mother. I was going through, you know, that transition in my life and I wanted to be able to provide for my kids. But um, you know, I, 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 I had the courage. I was a little bit older now and I said, well, maybe, you know, I can bet on me. Um, and I had enough professional experience that I thought I was respected enough that people would trust me. So I, I, decided to put my toe in timeshare and quickly realized eh, it's still not for me it's not my jam but I was very inspired by the art of persuasion and the art of you know closing the deal that I was really intrigued by um, but it wasn't for me and then someone told me, hey, have you thought about residential sales And I was like, how hard can that be? And I started doing that part time. Um, and my first client was—I tell this story. My first client was my mom, um, and I was the worst realtor ever. I lost—I lost her deposit because I didn't really realize that there was a clause in the contract that said if the buyer canceled for any reason. I was up against a really aggressive, experienced real estate listing agent, um, and they were just—you know—everything was buttoned up. Um, and that was the moment that I was like, all right, like, I'm going to like, I want to learn. I want to be good. If someone trusts me, thank God my mom is still my mom and she loves me no matter what. Right. I was able to salvage that, but, um, I made a commitment there that I was like, I'm going to learn a little bit more. I'm going to get really good. Um, and within three, four months, John, I, I quickly became obsessed with the industry. I started like getting really, um, I got really connected to some really great players in in, in our market. Every title person that I thought was someone that could help me, you know, just started asking a lot of questions and, um, quickly became very, um, very inspired by the industry. And, um, I had a really good month that made me feel confident that if I could do this full-time, what was I capable of? And, um, I looked at myself in the mirror And I just said, you could do this, but you're going to have to commit all in. So I quit my full-time job. I was, you know, at that time I was kind of like negotiating deals underneath the, the the, you know, the desk of my, you know, my job while trying to like negotiate contracts. And I just felt like I was being torn into, you know, you know, I was having to be pulled in so many different directions and I was his mom too. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I had small kids at the time. I said, what if I gave this? when I don't have the kids, when they're at school, what if I gave this my all? Mm -hmm. And um, I quickly decided to go full-time all in and never looked back. And I said, I'm going to get really good at this. And my first full year in real estate, I sold 56 homes, 56 homes. I was just like relentless, relentless in every aspect that I could be. I went and picked the brains of everybody who had market share. I would go to every baby shower. I would go to every networking event and I was like, you need to know me. I need to help you. Every loan program that was out there, I learned it. If there was a down payment assistant program because that's all I could afford to sell to people, then I learned it inside out. I also became obsessed with learning financing. I needed, I wanted to think like an underwriter. I wanted to know what underwriters thought, you know, so I would meet with lenders and, and just say, teach me everything I need to learn about the products. Um, and I would drive from from one corner to the other, wherever I had to go to sell a house. Um, And then the market crashed in um, 2008. And same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm obsessed with this industry. I don't want to go back to having a, you know, have an employer tell me what I'm worth. I really love what I do now. Now I'm three and a half years in, I'm loving it. I got a taste of it. Um, but you know, there was no inventory, John. And I think it's interesting where we're at today in today's market, we're going to have some conversations, hopefully about this. But like, when you make a decision that you're going to be successful in any market, any real estate market, then you just you are committed to the industry. So I think at that moment was a test of times for me, I was like, okay, so if there's only short sales, I'm going to learn short sales. If there's only REOs, then I'm going to go get REOs. But you can't get REOs, Veronica said, watch me. And I, you know, figured out a way to, you know, meet asset managers and say, I'm your girl in Florida, give me a shot. And um, that led to me meeting one person who then introduced me to another person. And, you know, just if you don't ask what, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, what are they going to tell you? The worst is no if you don't ask because the answer is always no if you don't ask. But if you ask, the worst they can do is tell you no. And I got a couple of yeses along the way. And when I got the yeses, Um, It gave me an opportunity to start an REO team across the state. And I had to learn REOs overnight, but I did it. And I started building teams overnight. I started building operations overnight. Um, If you have blood running through your veins, you were probably working for me because I probably gave you a camera, say, go do a BPO, go check, check out this property for me, go put this lockbox on the house for me. So I did what I had to do to um, make it happen. And, you know, I think my children were obviously my, 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 my North star. They were the reason why I was so committed to my family. Um, But then I became just, you know, like obsessed with every aspect of the industry. Um, And I just kept my finger on the pulse. And, you know, when the REO market started kind of like dwindle down, Mm -hmm. I also said, okay, what's next? And I became a master farmer. I said, this is the community I live in. This is the community I'm going to farm. And I'm going to be known from every school teacher to every, you know, uh, leader in the community to every business owner. And we just started, out hustling or competition, out hustling or competition. Um, and I did the same thing over and over again, learned what I had to learn in order to be successful in any market. When the um, online lead gen came out, I was committed to learning that. I mean, I got my teeth kicked in with that. I didn't know, you know, what I didn't know. I didn't understand what ROI was. I didn't know um, what accountability was, what conversion was, but I learned. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to learn. I was so curious and I would just pick the brains of people who knew more than me and who were smarter than me. Um, And I was willing to navigate through that that era of team building and online lean gen because it was new. I think the biggest roadmap or blueprint was Gary Keller's you know MREA M- um, so I was like okay then I, I need to follow what people are doing but at the time I was like Keller was really popping and I was like okay I like it I had my experience there but it wasn't where I wanted to be I said what's next and I just went out on a whim and I bought a Remax franchise Ooh. and I said okay what's the next best thing and what do I look you know who do I look up to and I was like oh those Remax agents they seem to be pretty top-notch I was like how do I get there So I picked up the phone, I called corporate and I said, I'd like to buy a franchise Will you sell me one. I didn't know if I had qualifications. I didn't know if I had what it took, but I had a boutique brokerage. And, you know, when I looked at our numbers, you know, at the time we were being um, recruited to possibly open a mega uh, office for Keller Williams office. But I decided to take a look at something else, the competitor. Um, The competitor didn't exist because the previous Remax in my market, in my area, um, you know, uh, had gone away. So I was like, maybe it's my shop. Maybe they'll give, you know, a feisty Puerto Rican uh, franchise who has no idea what she's doing, but is willing to do it. And I spent eight years there um, and I loved it. I learned so much. I made a lot of mistakes, John, but I also learned a lot and I did some good things there. Um, Same thing with my relationship with Zillow. I was willing to lean in and say, hey, what are the opportunities? And while everybody was, you know, kind of figuring this out and, you know, anti Zillow, I was always curious, like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more what you have consumer eyeballs. Um, And I was obsessed with omnipresence and saying if they're going to see me, they're going to see me in their sleep. They're going to see me in their yard. They're going to see me at the nail salon. They're going to see me everywhere. Um, And this was my way of innovating and being able to have access to this digital billboard um, and then establish, you know, build a business with with infrastructure where I could build teams and then hold those agents accountable and um, measure what we were building. Um, And that's where, you know, our obsession with, you know, building teams and online lead gen came to life. And, you know, and three years ago, I I moved my team over to eXp. Actually, it's a little less than three years ago. Um, You know, I just made a decision that, it was time for change again for us, um, and since then, it's been a ride. Our team, we brought over a team of 17, um, and we were able to grow to a team. Now of, we have around 80, 75 to 80 with staff um, and Um, it was pretty awesome to be recognized last year as the number one team at EXP in the world out of all of the 76, I think at the time it was 76,000 agents, um, which was pretty awesome. We sold a little over 2,100 homes, um, uh, a little less than 2,200, 2173 to be exact or the amount of transactions we were associated with. Um, and it was, you know, just a pretty awesome opportunity to know that this was not overnight this was not an overnight success. There's more things that I've had to overcome than I've gotten right. But when you can reflect back and be like, all those years prep me to be wired and built for this type of growth um, and the mistakes that we made have given us um, the confidence to not be afraid and go after certain things and just go out there and build and be different and be daring, I would say, be bold. And, um, you know, in a world where it's, it's rapidly changing, um, we don't think we know it all. We don't think we you know, have figured this out, but we're always willing to roll our sleeves up and try new things and be curious and, you know, just think, you know, be open-minded to the possibilities and think big. And, um, I think that's what got us here.
0: My gosh. Wow. That was a lot guys. And, and I feel (laughs) like after that, uh, Veronica, I could uh, run through a brick wall and I would come out the other side winning like I'm Uh so motivated hearing that. So thank you for sharing all that. I got a lot of questions in my head right now. Um, Were you always this driven and were you, did you have a vision of yourself doing 2000 transactions from day one, or was it like, you could see the next step and you could see the next step. You could see the next step.
1: No, I never envisioned that. I mean, the first, the vision was a thousand homes. Like, could we sell a thousand homes? And that was the vision for last year. Could we break a thousand um, the year before we had done seven hundred ninety eight and, you know, a thousand was like attainable now. Right. It was attainable. And then we pushed ourselves a little further and says, no, twelve hundred and eighty four. I'll never forget was the number we were, you know, because we took all the agents. We took what their goals were with their, you know, um. Uh, what their number was, that it can change their life or maybe change their business that they would really feel proud of. And collectively, we brought that together. And the total was 1,284. So we're like, okay, that's our target. And it I don't think it really sunk in until mid-year where we're like, we're going to surpass that number. We've awesome. surpassed that number. Oh my God. I think we're gonna hit 1400 no we're gonna hit 1500 no we're 1800 oh my god we may close two thousand homes and it was just like mind-boggling we're like wait what you know but you know i think it was just the foundation that we laid that we said we're gonna we're gonna build something that 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 can really have legs on it that can really handle volume and power um, that's built for recruiting, that's built for development, that's built for accountability, that's built for scale. And um, that was the missing link that we we needed. We had all this heart and, and desire and grit and some experience and, and you know, passion, but that only got us so far. When I made some business decisions and bringing in some key players, people that I felt I could really cast a vision and say, look, this is where we've gotten all these years. How do we get over here? we want to be one of the, I, the, what I set out for John was to build one of the best teams in the country that had one of the strongest operations. That's what I set out for. Mm-hmm. That's what I set out for because I was a good salesperson. I was a good, I would say, uh, um, I don't know. I acknowledge that I can help build top producers that I knew, but then I said, I want to be a, a real estate like leader in the space more than just a real estate agent. I want to be a leader. I want to be someone who has broken through barriers, you know, like like no more glass ceilings. Like we can do anything. And to be honest with you and and all due respect, right, I'm sitting on a a Zoom with a bunch of uh, very successful men. Right. There weren't a lot of women in our space that had done that. And I also knew I wanted to represent diversity and I wanted to represent women, women who make up a lot of real estate. You know, we normally don't have these high level conversations or we weren't in the past invited to it. And I said, I also want to be someone that can can not only represent that we deserve a seat at the table. So for me, it was never about 2,000 Homes. The the part of 2,000 Homes was, I think, a byproduct of the commitment that we made to build infrastructure, operations, marketing, support, accountability, all the things that come into real building a real business. I didn't no longer wanted to be a real estate agent, worried about who went on what listing appointment. This was about how can I change the way the real estate game is played? And I wanted to play big.
0: So, it, you know, a lot of agents always think about, okay, the lack of production this month or the lack of listings that I'm taking. But uh, what what I heard you say was that if you focus on your job, building your business, building infrastructure, giving great customer service, that, that naturally the production would just come. Is that what I yeah. heard?
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I think we made some decisions and it wasn't all like, oh, all of a sudden I, I made this decision happen. We made decisions that were risky we made decisions that were um going to risk certain relationships certain relationships that you know weren't uh that were important to us but also maybe had gotten us to a certain level but we're not going to get us to the next level Mm -hmm. so we had to make some strategic business decisions um, to be a leader and leadership doesn't always feel good or look good Um, but it was important for us to be able to, to, to build something that could, what I would hope stand the test of times and that we can continue to grow into the next phase of what real estate is going to look like.
0: Absolutely. Wow. You're, you're so committed in learning and becoming better. What do you define as a great leader?
1: You know, I think, um, a great leader is someone who's willing to, uh, be honest with themselves, look within and, Really decide, are you able to make tough decisions regardless of, you know, um, how how people are oftentimes going to receive that information? But if you stay within principle and you stay within the standards and you stay clear on the vision, um, you can really build on that vision. Um, For me, also, leadership meant um, when I said taking a look within is like, ask yourself, are you the type of leader that you would follow? Would you follow you? Mm. And I had to ask myself that question a couple of times. And there were times where I realized the answer was no. And I was willing to make some changes in my life and in my business so that I can become the leader that I would want to follow. Um, And I do that every day. And there are still things in my life that I need to adjust and work on. But the beauty of it is you have a choice, you have a decision, you have the ability to make a change in your life and you can hopefully inspire other people. And another thing that's for me is a real leader helps develop other leaders. Mm. This wasn't leadership just for me. It wasn't me, the hierarchy of leader or leadership as a dictator. It was more like, how am I leading other people so that they can become better leaders so that they can lead their people? And can we build that type of environment that they are an extension of our vision and our leadership? And it feels like you don't have to, you don't even have to ask, you know, who's a leader in the room. They just show up. Right. So for me, that was really important. And I had to learn that the hard way.
0: So taking risks, uh, building bigger and keep learning and really just uh, bettering yourself every single day as a leader and really be open to I guess, feedback and criticism on, on, and, and thinking about the thought of would I follow me, right? That's really great. Um, through all this, uh, you know, 20, 21 years in real estate, you went, um, you progressed all this time. Did you ever get fearful along the way? Like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this or like, oh, the market's changing. You know, did you ever get into that mind space?
1: Yeah. I mean, we all have imposter syndrome, right? We all have that fear. I think we're even living it right now. It's like, Oh my God, we feel a little bit of a reshuffling people. I was just talking to someone. They were like, so what do you think this crash is going to look like? I said, we're not in a crash,
0: right?
1: We're in a correction. We're in a reset. We're in a reshuffle. You know, we're not, it's all about the mindset, right? Right. Um, There were many times where I had fear, but for me it became very clear that I was going to determine my economy based on my habits, my actions, how I showed up, now is not the time to operate from fear. Now mm-hmm. is the time to operate from a place of leadership and action. I was just talking to someone about that. She's like, I'm scared that this is going to happen. I said, we don't operate from fear. We operate from our habits. If you Now is when you pour the gasoline on what you know is, you know, is, is, is what you should be doing is what you should be doing as a real estate leader, right? Recruiting, prospecting, training your people, sharpening your skills to basics, right? The real estate industry hasn't changed when it comes to that, you know, in markets like this, where things start shifting Yes, some people, the bottom half will fall out because not because real estate is not going to take place. It's because their habits are not aligned with what needs to happen to be successful in this market, in any market. Whether and it's not the same thing it was back then. Yeah, we talk about the basics, but like you know, the agent who says I'm afraid of video. You know, I, I'll, I'll uh, I love everyone on this call, but if you don't have your video on, what are you doing, right? Or let's say like you know, we got to get to the, we got to move towards where we're going, right? If you're not doing YouTube or if you're not on video, if you're not you know pivoting to what you should be doing as a real estate agent, the basics that we should be doing in addition to some of the things old school practices. I mean, I hear some of my friends saying going back to. We're going back to door knocking, et cetera. So regardless, um, I, I I think that you determine your economy based on your actions. This is not a crash. This is a correction. We had a lot of people jump into a good market. Everybody wanted to be a real estate agent. We will see how well. They survive. And many of them are not many of them will be here to stay because they've quickly picked up the habits and the traits that they need to have as a successful agent because they had the right mentorship. They had the right leadership. Some of them who won't be around are some of the old timers who just can't handle this new phase of change. Mm. Uh,
0: so That's my no, prediction. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I I've been talking about this for the last couple of months. Like, guys, this challenge this uh correction this change that we're having right now is a huge opportunity for agents who are committed yep right you will take more market share than before because if you're committed and you work on your skills and your habits don't operate from fear you will recruit more agents and you will do more deals yep that's how it works yep Wow. Yeah,
1: now is the time for leaders to really rise, help people, you know, in production, help them with habits, help them with mindset, get out there and really just put in the work. Um, and, and the strong will thrive. The strong will thrive. We're not going to say the strong will survive. The strong will thrive.
0: The Strong will thrive, guys. Wow. During 2008 um, and, and or maybe 2012, where we had a couple of corrections in between. Did you do more transactions and make more money? Yes. Yes. There you have it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes.
1: <laughs> yes. When most feared and ran away, we leaned in and we ran into the fire.
0: And you pivoted and you went where, um, what, what most, uh, transactions were, were were at? Did you did the farming? You pivoted when REOs were high, you pivoted and pivoted and then grew and grew and grew. Wow. Veronica, any any, um, last thoughts on how we can rock 2022?
1: You know, your database, you know, growing that database, messages that sellers need to hear and buyers need to hear. Don't don't instill fear. Be the expert that's going to guide them. Don't let up. Now's the time that you need to be the voice, the expert sharpening your skills, um, your habits. Look at your calendar. Don't lie to yourself. You know where you're spending your time. You know what you're doing. You know, be okay with rejection and no doesn't mean no right now no just means they just don't understand enough information enough information um and just be super open-minded to learning new things and just you know being okay with um pushing a little bit harder than you normally did now you got to push a little harder than before um but sellers need it. don't be afraid also to learn things you didn't maybe learn a little bit more on financing 5-1 arms you know arms what products are out there you know for a while everybody was going the traditional um you know, uh, uh, um, the traditional, uh, financing, be open-minded to say, well, what does, what was an alternative program look like for you? Um, how, what, how long do you plan on being in this home? Um, be, be creative, be the person who brings solutions. And I know you're probably doing that today, but you got to have more solutions in your toolbox.
0: Don't instill fear. Be the expert guys. This is an opportunity when the ship happens uh, we do have one question. How do you know when it's time to go into real estate full-time and quit your job?
1: I mean, for me, it was easy. I could no longer divide myself. You know, I just in my soul, I knew this is what my calling was. Um, and the anxiety that I had when I was at work, wanting to be, you know, tending to my clients, vice versa. It was a distraction. If it's a distraction, delete it mm. out of your life. And I mean that out of people. And, 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 things like your social media, that let's say you're, you're, you have bad habits or anything that's not serving you. And if that other job is distracting you and it's keeping you from being able to serve your clients while you being able to have enough money to, you know, to balance it, then you may burn the boats. You may need to burn the boats and just say, I'm all in. For, for me, it was a very simple decision. I just knew I needed to go all in and I could always fall back on, on a job if I needed to, but I wasn't willing to. But I said, I've got to go all in and try this.
0: You got to go all in, Yen. I hope that helps uh, the question. Veronica, thank you so much for today. How can we follow you? Um, how can we join your team and send you referrals?
1: Well, we are um, out of Orlando, Florida. You can follow me on social media, Veronica uh, Figueroa Inspires. And, um, you know, just DM me or you can find me on Facebook. Um, You know, we are always looking for talent. Uh, We're always happy to serve referrals. Um, You know, just give us a shot and we'd love to serve your clients at the highest level. Um, And if you ever just want to pick our brain, happy to say happy to help.
0: Oh gosh. Um, You know, for the amount of uh, success that you have and the team that you have, you have no ego. And I really, truly admire that about you. You Uh are my idol. Thank you so much, Veronica, for today. And I look forward to seeing you at the Shareholder Summit. Hopefully, Yes,
1: I'll see you there. And thank you guys again for your patience. I appreciate you You guys have an amazing leader. Thanks for all that you do. And we'll see you in June.
0: Thank you, Veronica. Thank you. You Have a great day. All the best. Bye -bye.
1: Bye.